Ministry friends, I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online internet church service. I am so happy that you're here. Why don't you take your Bibles and meet me today in the book of Job, chapter 42, the last chapter in the book. I want us to look at verse 10. I think it's I think it's fascinating. Let's take a look at it today. We're going to receive the tithes and offerings first. We're going to bring them into the storehouse of God as an act of worship, and then we're going to jump into today's message after that. But verse 10 of Job chapter 42, and the Lord restored Job's losses. And I believe that the Lord is going to restore all of your losses as well. And the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Now, we are given a detailed list of all of the numerical headcount of all the livestock that Job had. And we are told in verse 12 that of the same chapter that all of it was just doubled exactly to a T. I find it amazing because when you begin to read the book of Job, you see the great wealth that he had, the listing of all of the cattle and so forth. And here at the end, an exact doubling of everything. If, if the cattle had this much, now the cattle have exactly the double. If there are this many camels, now you have an exact doubling of the camels. It's absolutely amazing how God did that. Now, I want you to understand that really the source of your increase, the source of what we call the blessing, it 100% comes from God. Woo, praise the Lord. And all it takes is for the Lord to touch it, the Lord to touch your finances. And He has that ability to bless. Now, to bless means to be empowered to prosper. But the source of the blessing is connected directly to God. There's no other source of it. And God is the one who has that ability to bless and to turn literally your captivity, to turn your losses into a place of beautiful gain. Let me read it one more time. And the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Now we know from Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22, that the blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he, God, adds no sorrow with it. So it's the blessing of the Lord that makes you rich. And God is able to bless, God is able to touch your finances, and the doubling of Job's finances, even that which was lost, the great wealth that he had before, and that wealth being doubled exactly. To, I mean, like dotting the I, crossing the T, the exact doubling of his wealth shows that it is supernatural in origin. And you have to see that God is well able to bless you, and that God wants to bless you today. Praise the Lord. I think there's something with the financial challenges that so many of God's people face that there needs to be, maybe we could call it a reappraisal of the situation. Because while there is that effort to maybe work longer, and that, that effort to hit it harder, you know what, I think with some of you, bless your hearts, that the debt picture is a little bit like a spider's web. 
And maybe the more that you struggle with it and the more that you try to like throw things at it, uh, it's almost like a spider's web where the more you struggle, the, the more you get tangled up in this thing. And you know what? You keep throwing money at money at it and stuff like that, but you're having to work longer. See, when God doubled Job's great wealth, that does not mean that Job said, men, you know what? I have a word from God. God's going to double my wealth. And so what that means is that we all need to like now start working overtime. So if you work 30 hours before, all of you are now going to be working 60 hours. And those of you that work 40 hours, you were full time. Now you've all got to work 80 because we have to double everything. We have to help God out. We have to do it for God. But that's not what happened. All it took was God's touch. And the one touch, look, I'm not saying Job didn't work, but I am saying this, Job didn't start doubling his hours. And now he doesn't have any time to pray, doesn't have any time to serve God, doesn't have any time for his devotional life, doesn't have any time to take his wife out to a nice dinner, doesn't even get to see his kids' wife. He's working all the time. He's got to make this thing happen for God. He's got to deliver himself. God, God doesn't need your help to deliver you. God can deliver you. All it takes is one touch. One touch and you're out. One touch and you're free. One touch and the highest level of earning that you've ever experienced. God can just double it just like that. Just one touch. Praise the Lord. And I, I believe that God does want to set you free. And I think that perhaps it's time that you do stand back. Now, I'm not saying that you're not going to work. I know you have a heart to work and I know that you have good work ethics. But I think that there are some things that are bigger than you that are bigger than I and that there are some things we can't quote fight our way out why it's maybe it's too big and maybe you just need to look at it as something like God I'm willing to work but I really think this is beyond me and Lord if I work three jobs let me say this for some of you if you work three jobs you're still not going to get out for maybe 30 or 60 years that's that's how bad the situation is and so I think you need to re-examine this picture and I think you need to look at maybe the debt or look at the financial situation that's facing you and say Lord you know it's too big for me um, it's actually uh, I think some people even have what I would call supernatural debt <laughs> they're they are so in debt it's almost like it's supernatural how 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 um, complex the situation is but of course we also know it's just a natural situation that so many of God's people can find themselves in but I believe that if you just step back and say God it's bigger than me but it's not bigger than you and you just honestly say Lord would you help me get out of debt Lord I'm going to cooperate with you I'm going to make good faith-filled confessions and Lord I'm going to endeavor not to do foolish things to go any further into debt but Lord would you just help me because the problem is actually bigger than my own ability to dig my way out of this I believe if there is if the Lord sees a surrendering in your heart I believe he'll move on your behalf praise the Lord thank you Lord Jesus now I think that there are some things that in our modern day culture it's very hard to avoid going into debt too like a house for instance you know what it's it's very difficult to pay cash for a house you know if the house is three hundred thousand dollars you know you're going to need it need at least 20 percent down and sometimes you need more sometimes you need 40 percent down or whatever the situation might be so for a lot of people uh it's going to be real hard for them to just go out and pay you know a cash payment and buy a whole new house cash if you can do that that's a wonderful blessing so for some people you're going to have to take a mortgage uh and that's a lot better than renting 
okay so you get a mortgage and now you just have to step into that by faith and believe God to get it paid off sooner preferably rather than later okay but use your faith and trust the Lord but I I think it's very difficult in today's culture to buy a home without having a mortgage and so you know what God understands that I think in some ways it's the same way with a vehicle because without a vehicle in today's modern culture if you do not have a reliable vehicle it's almost impossible to get the work now you may be living in Manhattan or you may be living in Hong Kong and everything you could either walk to it or you could take a train I understand that as well for many people in heavy dense uh, populated city type areas uh, so maybe you can get by without a car but for a lot of other people you can't you can't even survive without a car you're never going to get a job unless you have a good car so in order to do that you're probably going to have to finance or take a loan out to get a vehicle but at least with with cars it's a whole lot easier to get a car the thing you have to be careful with a car is not buying too much of a car because you can get car loans left and right and they'll, they'll uh, sometimes approve you for you know things that are way over what you need and just because that credit line is available doesn't mean that you need to give yourself a big huge monthly payment like that so be wise and things like that I think the Lord will work with your faith in those areas and you'll know what's comfortable for you and what you can do so I'm not saying that debt is wrong uh, I'm just saying that the Lord wants to help you get the debts paid down paid down and even paid off all the credit card debts paid off sometimes with buildings like commercial buildings you know what it's it's really hard to go pay cash for a commercial building and it could be that the only way that you can purchase that building that maybe that you need for your business or maybe that's needed for a ministry is that you're going to have to take a loan out for it and if that's the path that you have to go you're going to have to use your faith exercise faith in that and then of course once you secure it once you buy it then believe the Lord to start getting that thing paid off not within 30 years you know sooner than that praise God believe God for miracles but I think that God's people can have very large debt and they really need some help and God really does want to help you know I remember one time uh, Pastor Benny Hinch shared the story about a, a certain building that they really needed for their, their you know the expansion of their ministry there in Southern California and he talked it over with you know his directors and he talked it over with a couple of key people that you know were aware of their accounting situation the finances and you know they just all agreed that you know we really need that building and it would be great to have that beautiful building but we don't we don't really have the extra money to go out and get a loan on that building and you know finance that building so um, uh, you know Benny Hinn just said okay you know we're not going to buy it but he said later that evening after having already talked with you know the realtor or the accountant that we're not going to do it later that evening he said he was taking a shower and while he was shampooing his hair the Holy Spirit spoke to him in a voice so strong so direct he knew it wasn't an angel it was the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit spoke to him very clearly and said do not lose that building okay well what does that mean well you know for, for the first thing that Benny Hinn did he said he jumped out of the shower you know grabbed a towel and stuff like that and with his hair dripping wet called the realtor on the phone his realtor and said buy that building we're going to have to buy that building and so you know get an offer in on that building and why the word of the Lord came so there can be times when God can say yeah you, you you're going to need this so just get, get a, a mortgage on it and step out by faith and I'll be behind you and I'll help you get it paid down and paid off but you're going to have to go this route 
because, you know, it's time to move on this. So be aware of those types of things. But I, I also know that with credit cards and things like that, that the Holy Spirit really does want to help God's people get them paid down and even paid off and then get to a place where all of your vehicles are paid off, you know, your home is paid off and things like that. But right where you're at right now, just look at, you know, I, I would say start with your credit cards and know the exact amount of debt you have with your, with your credit cards and just say, Lord, help me to get this paid off. This thing is bigger than me. And you know what I, Lord, I'm paying the, maybe you're just paying the balance, you know, the, and if you do that, you and I both though, you'll be paying for the next 100 years. So just say, Lord, come into my life. I've sown seed. I'm a tither. I'm a giver. Lord, I love you. But Lord, this thing, help me get this thing out of my life. And when you do that, I really believe that you'll see the Lord of hosts, Jehovah Savah, the, the captain of the angelic armies. I believe that you'll see him come in and he'll just help you get those things dissolved. And he has a million different ways of how he can help you. And sometimes the method is they, they just get paid down, paid down, and then they're eventually all paid off. And other times you have these things like surges where something unexpected will happen and boom, you could just hit it real hard, real heavy. And they just take a dramatic drop, maybe a complete drop. They're all paid off, but the Lord really will help you. And I'm reading this verse from Job 42 verse 10, because I want you to know that the blessing of the Lord makes you rich, that the blessing and Job's losses being all restored and great wealth being restored even double. I just want you to see that it's miraculous it's supernatural and God can do it for you also. And he wants to. So just step back and say, God, I'm, I'm willing to, you know, continue to serve you and live for you. But God, come into my life and help me with this. You are a miracle working God. Lord, you did double for Job. That's supernatural. So Lord, you are the source. Come into my life and help me to get all of these debts dissolved, paid off. Lord, help me to start with the credit cards, get them all paid off. And Lord, give me breathing room. Hallelujah. And God will do it. God will do it. And I, I'm just joining my faith with you that in this year of 2020, that all of your credit card debts are going to be paid off. Praise the Lord. And if more happens than that, you know, start hitting the vehicles, start hitting, uh, you know, properties you may have or whatever the situation situation may be until they're all gone in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. So I join my faith with you that this year, all of your credit card debts are all going to be brought down to zero. Praise the Lord. And of course, I know I know that you have a heart never to see them run back up again. Praise God. And I don't believe you're ever going to need to use them ever again. Hallelujah. But God's going to help you get to the place where they're all paid off. I believe your credit cards will all be paid off this year. Now, come on, take a hold of that with me in faith and stand back and look at the, look at Jesus, the Lord of hosts and say, Lord, you're able to do this. That thing may be bigger than you, a lot bigger than you. And what I'm getting also is I think that with some of you, you've had to use normal credit cards that were designed just to make purchases of maybe, you know, uh, certain items, whatever. You've actually had to take those and you've used them in other areas they were not intended for to cover other areas. And now you've got this big lineup of, uh, of debt. The Lord's going to help you, but ask him to help you. Ask him to come into your life and ask him uh, to just release his power. That one touch, just like he did for Job, that doubled everything. That one touch, that one touch from God, it's supernatural, where God would come in and just help you get out underneath of all of that debt. The rain of the Spirit falling upon you to dissolve and remove all debt 
out of your life. The Holy Spirit power being released in your life. Praise God. Praise the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. The Lord's going to bring the deliverance and the refreshing that you need. Now lift your hands to Him right now. Heavenly Father, I come into an agreement of faith with your covenant people that their credit card debts be paid off this year. And so, Father, we thank you. That's going to be phase one. And then they're going to see other debts paid off, vehicle debts. And then they're going to see even property uh, that they own. The debt on that's going to be paid off as well. But, Father, we thank you. The credit cards are going to go up in flames. They're going to go up in Holy Spirit flames. I thank you, Father God, that the, that the empowerment to become rich comes from you, that the blessing is supernatural, it originates in you, and it's able to flow to your people, because we are in Christ, and we are Abraham's seed, and we are entitled to the covenant of prosperity as we walk in covenant with you. So, Father, we thank you. Deliver your people, deliver your people, great overflow, great overflow, great overflow, in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus, shout, Amen. Praise God. Glory to the Lord. God's going, to have, God's going to help you get your credit card supernaturally paid off. I know what that's like. I've had people walk up to me before and say, Pastor Stephen, do you have a credit card date? I remember one time I said I had one credit card, and then somebody said, I want to, I want to knock out that one credit card for you. And it was dissolved and gone forever, and it's been gone ever since. Praise the Lord. But my friends, whatever your situation, God's going to help you. Believe Him to help you. Don't try to do it in your own strength. Don't try to dig your way out out of it, work your way out of it. It's probably a lot bigger than you. So say, say in an act of humility and grace, God, it is bigger than me. God, you come and do it. Lord, you come get me out of this, or else I'm going to be working for the next 300 years. So Lord, come get me out of this debt and free me up to serve you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. When you worship Him like that, He's on the scene. And I believe He's moving right now on the scene of your finances. Give Him praise now as you bring in the tithes and offerings into the storehouse. Praise God. Now, those of you that are mailing in your tithes and offerings, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. Our zip code is 28654. If you prefer to bring in your tithes and offerings online, which is very safe, highly encrypted, very secure, please go to the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There's a link on the homepage called Tithes and Offerings, Sow and Reaping. You can go there anytime, day or night, and bring them in online into the ministry storehouse, which enables us to continue to preach the gospel around the world and to expand our ministry outreaches. Praise the Lord. While you're at the ministry web website, there is also a header that's called projects, and we have two current projects that we are still focused on. One of the projects is called the Ministry Fence, and we have already completed one-third of that project, and that is the, the project to put a beautiful fence, a commercial-grade, professional-grade fence around the entire 1.72 acres of the ministry, and one-third of that is completed. We are moving forward still on that project, and we're believing that as you sow into that, that just as 
God put a fence all around Job that there will be a fence all around you. And even the devil said, God, I can't touch this guy. Lord, I can't touch him. You've got a fence around him. And God did. So I'm believing that as you sow into that, there'll be a hedge of protection, a fence literally all around your life that the enemy can't break through. Praise God. We also have the hanger project. And if you would like to sow into that, that goes directly towards the, the hanger for the future ministry aircraft. Thank you for sowing into both of those projects, giving as the Holy Spirit leads you. And thank you for honoring the Lord and being faithful with your tithes and also sowing seed through offerings. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Look, all it takes is for one touch. And when you are a covenant man, a covenant woman, when you are a covenant child of God, God has permission to touch your finances. And with one touch, everything can double overnight. Overnight now, it's a lot of livestock involved here. So, you know, that, that could take a little while for these animals to start multiplying and reproducing and all of that. But I, I believe everything was supernatural. It was just all restored to Job so quickly, and it was restored in a way that was doubled, that it was just miraculous. It was just absolutely miraculous. And God is going to invade your life with financial miracles. Believe Him for it. Ask Him to do it, because it's bigger, uh, it's bigger than you. So ask Him to come in and do what only He can do, and He's going to do it. Praise the Lord forever. Amen. Now, glory to God. Let's go today to the Gospel of Matthew. I like this. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Matthew chapter 3, and we're going to drop down today to verse 11, and we're going to talk about golden grain. Woo! Praise the Lord. And you are that golden grain. You are that grain that God treasures. Praise the Lord. We want to talk a little bit about the process of how, uh, you know, the seed of the grain is harvested and put into the bag and treasured by the Lord, the maturing of the wheat. We want to speak about these things some today, because God, by the Holy Spirit, is doing a work in your life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that as we talk about the golden grain, the wheat harvest, the maturing of the wheat, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come right now and bring revelation to the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the eyes of our heart would be illuminated to understand the Scriptures, and to take these teachings and apply them to our lives. Now, Father, we give you all of the praise. Thank you for the mighty work of your Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. We all agree and say, Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, as we're going to read today from Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, I would like to open up with a beautiful testimony. This is a testimony from a brother named Alex. And Alex said, Hello, Pastor Brooks. I just wanted to say thank you for your teaching on tongues. Now, the message that he is referring to is what he calls the 15 hour trip. Okay, that was the message that was called, What Happened When I Prayed in Tongues for 15 hours. Okay, you can find that message on YouTube. Just scroll down or just type it in at Google or, or you know, at the YouTube header, What Happened When I Prayed in Tongues for 15 hours. So he said, I just wanted to say thank you for doing the teaching on your 15 hour trip in tongues. He said, I suffered from anxiety and panic attacks for about five years. I would be afraid to work and drive by myself. But he said, long story short, 
I spoke continuously in tongues, beginning, now watch this, beginning with 10 to 15 minutes, then on to 45 minutes, and then he kept increasing. He said, now I can speak anywhere from two to eight hours daily in tongues. I know that I'm free because I couldn't live without anxiety pills. The Lord literally took away my anxiety and my fear by me speaking in tongues. He said, I had to let you know. Praise God. And we thank God for Alex's uh, beautiful testimony. And I want to talk about how so often these things are progressive. That is, you begin to walk in these things as the Spirit of God begins to do a work in your life. You know, it's progressive. And the next thing you know, you're, you're free. Praise God. And sometimes when the freedom actually happens, you can't even really tell or sense something happened. You just know that, hey, I've got peace. I, that thing's not bugging me anymore. It's gone. And maybe there were no fireworks, and that's okay. The, the main result that we're looking for is the liberty in the Holy Spirit, the freedom from addictions, from bondages, things that would trouble us. What a joy. What a joy to walk in the liberty that the Holy Spirit brings. Now watch this. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. John said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Okay, he, Jesus, of course, he, Jesus, will baptize you. Now, the word baptize literally means in the Greek, it means to immerse all the way under. Woo, praise God. So he's going to immerse you all the way into the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to know that there are two baptisms concerning the Holy Spirit. There is the baptism into the Holy Spirit, and then there is, watch this, then there is the baptism into the Holy Spirit's fire. Ah, wow. I'm going to answer some very interesting questions for you today. One of those questions that I've, I've heard a lot of people ask is, you know, I remember, you know, in the 70s and 80s, and really a lot of it's really, in a sense, taking place today, a lot, uh, you know, you know you, let me say it like this. You had the Jesus movement in the 60s going into the 70s, and you had the hippie movement. You had a lot of people that getting saved and baptized in the Spirit, uh, you know, sometimes it was called the charismatic movement. And by the way, the charismatic movement swept into all kinds of denominations. It wasn't just Pentecostal. It was, it was going everywhere. It was going into Methodist churches, Baptist churches. It was going into the Catholic churches, Eastern Orthodox churches. It was going also all over the world. That was known as the charismatic movement. And you've had other movements. But a lot of people kind of looking back on that said, you know, that was a true move of the Holy Spirit. It was a true move of God, but it seemed like there was still a lot of sin in the camp. Why was that? Why was God moving? Why were people being filled with the Holy Spirit? But why did so many of them still struggle with addictions and bondages and, uh, you know, honestly, some real yucky stuff in their lives? Why? Because they did have the baptism in the Holy Spirit, but they never received the Holy Spirit's baptism of fire. 
And they're two different things as revealed in Scripture. And also I've experienced in my life, they're two very, very different things. Let's talk about that today. Praise God. Now, I want you to know, first of all, that the baptism of the Holy Spirit, not the baptism of fire, but just the basic immersion into the Holy Spirit is God's plan for you. And when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, sometimes also called being filled with the Spirit. Now, look, any believer has the Holy Spirit living in them. But I'm not talking about your salvation experience where the Holy Spirit comes on the inside of you and you're regenerated, you're recreated in your spirit. Okay, you're born again in your spirit. And now the Holy Spirit lives in you. I'm not talking about salvation experience. I'm talking about being immersed in the Spirit. And when you are immersed in the Spirit, you, you receive the gift of tongues or the evidence of speaking in tongues. That, that is the evidence of the Holy Spirit immersion. Okay, now, when you are baptized into the Holy Spirit, it is for two primary reasons. The Holy Spirit baptism brings the, the new measure, the fullness of the Spirit into your life, so that you can experience two things, comfort, the comfort of the Holy Spirit, and joy of the Holy Spirit. And yes, you'll get tongues. And as you get tongues, it often begins with what I would call stammering lips. Or as Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter 28, as he prophetically foretold about this experience, he said in verse 11, Isaiah 28 verse 11, for with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to this people to whom he said, this is the rest. Okay, so that, that's rest. That's comfort. This is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. Okay, so the rest, the refreshing, all associated with speaking and stammering lips. That is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It brings comfort. It brings you into an entirely new level of comfort in the Lord. That's what the baptism in the Holy Spirit will do. And after all, he is called the comforter, sometimes called the helper, the advocate, but he is the comforter and he will bring this refreshing. And as you speak in tongues, it may begin with stammering lips, but as you do that, it begin to introduce you into supernatural comfort and also joy. See the Holy Spirit in the old Testament was prophetically portrayed as often as wine or the harvest of the grapes. And we see that in the New Testament that he is the new wine. We're told don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit. Woo! Praise the Lord. So you could drink as much of him and you can in a sense get drunk, but it's not on alcohol. It's on the spirit. When I say drunk, I, I meant you, what I mean by that is you can just get so inebriated with God that you're just happy. And you may be in very difficult circumstances or may, uh, maybe even very challenging circumstances, but you have faith in God. You know God's going to pull you through. You're working God's principles. You're a covenant practitioner, and you can just get engulfed. You can get high on God, get filled up with God by the Holy Spirit. He can bring you to a place of joy 
that goes goes beyond any kind of what we would call worldly comedy. And there can be comedy and, you know, funny stuff in the world. But this thing of joy from the Holy Spirit is actually the same joy that God walks in. It's supernatural. So the Holy Spirit baptism will bring you into new levels of comfort. It will bring you into new levels of joy. And it begins it begins when you're when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, when you're immersed in the Spirit. It begins with this new utterance, wanting to come up out of your uh, inner man, and it wants to be spoken out. And as you yield to the Holy Spirit and sp- speak it out, as you do, the Holy Spirit will give you utterance. And I remember when it first started coming out of me, it was like literally stammering lips. It was like da 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 la da da. But then it began. It began over the next ten minutes to get a little smoother, and then over the next hour, it began began to get more smoother. And it seemed like for the first three days after I'd been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I didn't want to stop speaking in tongues. And the more I spoke, it's like it got more fluent. And that is a process where you go from stammering lips, then you move into the new tongues, where you get really solidified in that prayer language of that tongue that God gives you. And then after a while, you think, this is really cool, but I would like to know what it is that I'm speaking in tongues. And then there is an anointing at times that can come where you ask God the Father, Father, what am I saying in my tongues? What am I actually saying in my devotional life? And as you wait on the Lord, He'll give you by the Holy Spirit, who also gave you the tongue, He'll also give you the interpretation. And as you speak it out in tongues, suddenly it'll begin to come in English or whatever your native language will be, and you begin to have have interpretation for your private tongues. Now, if if you develop that, you can also begin to get you can begin to get what I would say would be tongues for the corporate assembly. And as you develop that in your private time, you'll also get the interpretation for the public assembly, and that really does bless people beyond yourself. Then you can go to the meetings, and you know, you could be a vessel that God will flow through. So it begins with stammering lips, then it begins to move into the new tongues that are fluently spoken, and then you get into the interpretation of tongues, and usually right after that, out starts to pop the gift of prophecy, and then you can just go on and on. You begin to move into words of wisdom, words of knowledge, discerning the spirits, working in miracles, gifts of healings. These things begin to flow out out of you. How did it start? It started with the baptism into the immersion, Jesus immersing you all the way under, fully into the Holy Spirit, not just like that old Brill Cream commercial. That's stuff men used to put in their hair called Brill Cream, and the the slogan of the commercial was, just a little dab will do you. We're not talking about just a little bit, you know, I got saved and Holy Spirit's in me. We're talking about, boom, just being immersed into the Holy Spirit. And is Jesus, He is the one who is the baptizer. He immerses you into the Holy Spirit. And so you go through that beautiful process, stammering lips, new tongues, interpretation of tongues, then prophecy moving into all nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. But my friends, never forget that the Holy Spirit, the baptism in the Holy Spirit will bring you two primary things. Number one is comfort. He is the comforter. He can bring comfort like you've never known before. And he will also bring joy into your life. And I've had that, that joy that, that, that to me is just priceless. And really my ministry is many ways linked 
to joy. Uh, you know, if you're a sad, morbid person, you're not going to be, you're not going to enjoy being around me or my wife or the ministry because we're just happy people. We are full of the joy of the Lord and it is a supernatural joy. And, you know, uh, we know what's going on in the world. We know the difficulties that nations face, but hey, you know, we're living above that. We're not living in despair or worry or fear. We are full of the Holy Spirit and we are full of joy. That is one of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Now, let's jump back over again to uh, Matthew chapter 3. Again, verse 11. John said, I indeed baptize or immerse you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you. He will immerse you all the way in. Mm. He will immerse you all the way under with the Holy Spirit and fire. Okay. The baptism of the Holy Spirit brings comfort. It brings joy. But the baptism of the Spirit's fire is different. It's different. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. The baptism of fire, the baptism of the Holy Spirit's fire, it does not bring joy. And when you ask Jesus to immerse you in the fire of the Holy Spirit, things can be a little bit perplexing if you don't know what's going on. That's why I want to talk with you today about what's going on. Praise the Lord. Now, I know that there are many of you that are in a season with me, a time of consecration of 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I know the Lord's grace is there. You're being strengthened by the Lord. I know that many times when you fast and pray, you can start dipping over into the area of Holy Spirit fire, and you may not quite wonder what is taking place. I would like to explain a little bit today, not so much about the baptism in the Spirit, but about the baptism into the Spirit's fire. Praise God. Now, the baptism of fire, it does not necessarily bring joy. It actually burns. It burns. It devours the fire of the Holy Spirit when you're baptized into it. It actually reduces. It purges. Let me come back to that word reduces. Some pastors say, Lord, I want to be baptized in your spirit's fire. Jesus baptized me in your spirit's fire. And the next thing they know, they start losing church members. And they're like, what in the world is going on? Can I tell you what's going on? If, if, if any of you pastors have prayed that, and you wonder, like, what's happening? I'm losing church members. I'll tell you exactly what's happening. Jesus is answering your prayer. Woohoo! Praise the Lord. Because those are people that the Lord needs to remove in order to take the assembly into the higher place that He wants to take them to. Let me say something to you ministers who are very conscientious about your social media. And I thank God for social media, and I thank God for the many platforms that we have in which to preach the gospel. But let me say this. There are some pastors, evangelists, you know, and other ministers and so forth, they're very conscientious about their numbers. They actually pay marketing firms to do certain things to increase the volume of viewership. Not that they're concerned about getting the gospel to more viewers. They want numbers because they feel that the numbers gives them validity of a genuine ministry. And you know what? The baptism into the fire of the Spirit 
you know, begins to burn up that type of mentality and that type of thinking. And you really realize, you know, this is not what God needs. I, you don't need to help God by getting more numbers. Now, if the numbers are healthy growth and it's the addition of the spirit, then that's good. But if this stuff is just like a, a machine trying to produce a bunch of stuff in the flesh, Oh, the fire will burn. And sometimes God actually needs to reduce and decrease in order to set you up for his increase. And I know a lot of ministers. Well, let me let me tweak that a little bit. I know some ministers, unfortunately, maybe too many. They're they're very much into their numbers. They've got these big numbers. And the real the reality is, is that the big numbers is maybe just a bunch of curiosity seekers maybe just a bunch of binge watchers who look at it and they walk away from it and they're not changed one bit and they don't support the ministry that they just viewed and they have no connection to it. They're just binge watching that you're just, just like another YouTube video out there, like, like on the cook, like about cooking or about how to change your oil or how to wash your car. You're just another video like that. And they're just binge watching you and your numbers are completely irrelevant. It's fabricated. It's pumped up. It's manufactured. It's not even helping you. It's not even helping you. You. So, you know, a lot of people, they look at the numbers, woohoo, woohoo. It's just, it's, you know what it is? It's chaff. It's chaff. And it all gets burned up in the flaming fires of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> I would rather have 100 subscribers and 100 partners that, that are just totally dialed in and sold out and supporting the work that God has assigned them to, then 10,000 of a bunch of, you know, you know, just people that look and, hey, that's nice. Okay, you know, I'll, I'll go on to the next channel, go on to the next message. And, uh, and you know, a lot of ministers don't realize that that's nice that people do that. But, you know, that's not necessary. Hallelujah. And they're paying all kinds of money to marketing agencies and ad agencies to pump up the volume of their numbers. And that's not what will carry a minister. That's not what will carry a ministry. It's your relationship. You need to build a house for God. If you build God a house, God will build your ministry. A house of habitation. Praise the Lord. So I'm just saying, some ministers, they get their eyes on the wrong thing. And you need to come back to the heart. You need to come back to the heart of how this all works. Because it all, all increase comes from God. And you can look, it says in Psalm 127 that unless the Lord builds the house and often a house can refer to a ministry unless the Lord builds a house. Those of you that are called the, the business, unless the Lord builds your ministry, the house or ministry or whatever it is, the business you're laboring in vain. You could do all of this work, but is it really God's work or is it just a bunch of stuff to get people to pat you on the back and say, Oh, don't you have a bunch of high numbers? But yet in the reality, in the back room, the numbers aren't producing anything. Mm, thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So there is a difference between the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the baptism into the Holy Spirit's fire. The fire baptism, it burns. It does devour. It reduces. It purges. The fire baptism of the Holy Spirit, it cleanses, and it also separates. Yes, Pastor Stephen, I need... I need the fire baptism of the Holy Spirit to burn away all of this sin in my life. This is not referring to sin. Oh, by the way, if there's sin in your life, yes, God wants to, 
you know, he wants to burn that up. He wants to get that out. But I need you to know that the baptism of the Spirit's fire in context, in biblical context, is not referring to sin. If it were referring to sin, we would be talking in the next verse about tares. But tares aren't mentioned. Oh, yes, tares would always symbolize sin. But this is not referring to tares. This is referring to the separation of the wheat seed from the chaff. The chaff is like a husk that is a protective uh, thing that goes around the seed. And it's actually the chaff. The chaff is necessary up until a point. There's a point. You don't need it anymore. There's a point. You're like, you know what? I've grown out of that. And that's, you know, maybe, maybe I did that before in my life, but I don't need to do that stuff anymore. You know, that's just a, uh, that's just a bunch of chaff. And it's all going to get burned up anyhow. I'm glad I have illumination that I can act and behave differently now in the Lord. That maybe I used to do that. And I'm talking about chaff. Uh, chaff are, is things that get separated. It was there for a season. It was there for a while. Maybe it was there for a decade. Maybe two. But there's a point you realize as you mature into that golden grain, and it's time for the harvest, and there's the separation from the, uh, of the wheat seed from the chaff, that you know what? Bye-bye to the chaff. I don't, need to, I don't need to behave like that. I don't need to think like that. I understand the ways of God better. The Spirit has done His work of burning up the chaff. I've now walked into a place of maturity in the Lord. Let's take a look at it. Verse 12, His winnowing fan is in His hand. What is the Lord's winnowing fan? Okay, uh, you know, thank God for, you know, the many video outlets, whether it's YouTube or, the, you know, many of the others, Vimeo, whatever it might be, where if, you know, just go there and just type in winnowing fan, and you could see examples of this. But a winnowing fan is a wooden implement that looks like a cross between, you know, like a fork and a shovel. It's somewhere in between. It's a little bit of both. It's not a shovel, and it's not a fork. But it looks like a big, giant fork, maybe like, you know, like five feet long. But it's, it's not quite a fork. But it looks like a shovel, but it's not quite a shovel. It's something in between. And what it does is that you take your wheat harvest, okay? And the wheat harvest, it has to be pounded a little bit. Sometimes they call it flailing the harvest. Uh, and, and, and you beat it, you know, like, like it's in a bundle or something like that, or all piled up. And you beat it, not too much, but you beat it enough where there's some breaking down on the material. And you, you beat it, and you pound on it, and then you have this big pile of your wheat. Okay, so now what you need to do now is you come over here, you take your winnowing fan, which is like a big fork, kind of like a shovel, and you stick it into your pile of wheat, and you throw it up into the air. And you usually, you do this on a windy day. Pastor Stephen, what if there's no wind? Well, uh, people today that do it on a small scale, maybe they have a small farm or just grew some wheat in their backyard, maybe, you know, like, you know, not a whole bunch, maybe an acre or something like that. Well, if uh, you could still winnow the wheat, but what you'd have to do is just get a fan, get a big commercial blower like a fan and stand in front of the fan and, uh, you know, preferably stand on maybe some concrete. And usually in the Old Testament days, and oftentimes in the world today where there's, they still do this, you would want to do it like on a rocky area. That way, if you're doing it on rock or clean, smooth stone, that way you're not going to get sand and dirt and dust particles into your clean seeds of wheat 
Woo, praise the Lord. Okay, all right, now let's go back to the story. Your wheat has been beaten, and you don't beat the daylights out of it. You just beat it so you kind of get it busted up a little bit, and you take your winnowing fork, and you stick it in there, and you throw the wheat up into the air, and the wind hits it, and what the wind will do is it will blow the chaff away, and the chaff gets separated from the seed and the seed the wheat seed will fall to the ground because it's heavier that falls to the ground the chaff which is real light gets blown away and it's gone praise the Lord now his winnowing fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn and you and I are that wheat praise God and he will gather us into the barn gather the wheat into the barn but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire now remember again this is chaff this is not tares this is chaff this, this is just uh, tares are sin chaff is just stuff that you grow out of because you mature in the Lord and the Holy Spirit's working in you and you see things differently as you mature in the Lord you know I remember when I first came into the baptism of the Holy Spirit it was in the early 90s and um, you know what when I first got baptized in the Holy Spirit the church that we were in was led by a very young pastor he was uh, I actually think he was like in his late 20s so you know a lot of this was new for him too and the church was growing fast and there was a lot we didn't know and a lot of us also came out of what you could call mainline denominations uh, some came out of Baptist Church some came out of Methodist others Church of Christ and so you got all these you know various people a lot of us were young all coming out of different denominations because it was in a sense like a charismatic outpouring the Holy Spirit was being poured out we were all receiving the Holy Spirit we're all speaking in tongues for the first time and we're like hey this is really cool and at the same time it was all elementary level for us now it was more it was way more than we ever had in the traditional denominational churches that we had been in I mean there was a lot more firepower gifts were flowing we were learning about divine healing and uh, uh, you know the, the scriptures were opening up to us with new revelation we were just gobbling up the Word of God but still this was early stages of what I would call Pentecostal type experience and so you know we, we thought that we had to act maybe Pentecostal and so we thought well we have to be loud we have to make noise and there was a whole bunch of shouting and there was a whole bunch of shouting and there was a whole bunch of dancing and uh, I'll be honest it was almost like an aerobics class sometimes I mean by the time the service was over we, we'd be all wore out I, I'm not just talking you know uh, you know maybe wore out spiritually I'm talking physically just wiped out I'm talking soaking with sweat you know dancing all over the place and shouting and running around and stuff like that and the, you know pastor laying hands on people and people falling out not you know and you know you know no catchers just fall on the concrete some people and just crazy crazy stuff and I'm not saying that that's all crazy I'm not saying it wasn't God because I would get the witness of the Holy Spirit this is that spoken of by the prophet Joel now it was it a little sloppy yeah it's not that but that's okay I'd rather have oxen working see it says in the book of Proverbs where there are no oxen the stall is clean and the oxen have always represented the ministers that pull the load oftentimes referring even to the apostolic ministry Paul referring to himself and his associates as apostles 
uh, or excuse me, as oxen. And he said, come on, is God really that concerned about oxen? He's talking about us. In other words, referring to the ministers in context, really referring to the apostles. But my friends, in that place, in that time in my life, going back, you know, basically almost 30 years, that was, that was just running all out in the Lord. And we just thought, yeah, this is it. This is what it is. And it was the Holy Spirit. But you know what? I, I was the wheat seed, but I had a lot of chaff. I had a lot of chaff. We also did a lot of silly stuff. We did a lot of, uh, uh, you know, just things we didn't really know, but we're just doing the best we could, and God was in it. But you know what? I, I just remember one time, you know, amidst all of the shouting, amidst all the hollering and all of this, you know, one time I was just like, I wish I could be taught something that actually helped me. <laughs> you know, the, I mean, uh, the, there was teaching. It was a lot better, a lot more anointed than anything I heard before in the denominational type, you know, uh, streams of Christianity. But I still thought this is good. This is good expository teaching, but I'm not really learning anything that is helping me maybe to get victory in th these areas of my life. So, you know what? You just continue growing. You continue growing. And then God began to reveal other types of ministry that really, really helped me. I remember you know, I began to listen to people like Kenneth Hagin. That really helped me. Then I began to listen to other good ministers. The Holy Spirit revealed. That began to help me. What's happening? Uh, the Holy Spirit is moving me along. He's moving me along. And I would feel at times the fire, the burning of the Holy Spirit. And the more that He burns, the more that certain things just drop off. And you realize that was okay for that season of my life. But I'm really glad that I've grown out of that. And I realize, you know what? If the Holy Spirit, if there's an anointing of the Holy Spirit to shout, holler, run, all of that, hey, I'm all in. But a lot of times that anointing is not there. And if it's not there, let's teach the people. Let's get the Word of God into the people so they can have the victory and the keys they need to overcome the world, the flesh, and the devil. Instead of just having another shouting thing, and then, then the service is over, and everybody shout it, and then we all go home, and we're still all defeated. Praise God. Were we blessed? Yes. Were we comforted? Yes. Did we have joy? Yes. Was there any fire to burn out some of these things that, you know, that just would help help us if we moved on? And you know what? It's not just um, what I would call Pentecostal chaff, where, you know, you grow and, and you mature. But, you know, that, uh, any believer, any child of God, if you start getting over into the air of the Holy Spirit, chaff is going to start to come off. I remember um, recently I was in a, uh, maybe just a couple of years ago, I, I, I went because uh, some, some friends of mine were there, so I went along with them. Uh, this was a Catholic church here in North Carolina, and uh, the Catholic Mass, uh, it took place on a Sunday morning that fell on one of these holidays. So it was, you had a, you had a lot of visitors, and it was, to me, it was kind of funny because the priest you know, he, you know, he did the service and, and stuff like that, but he's trying to close the service because uh, he had multiple services running back to back. So he's trying to close the one service to get those people out because people are already trying to come in for the next service and find a seat, but it's the holidays and he ran over time and 
it was a little bit funny to watch him because he's trying to close the service, but he feels obligated to go through this entire liturgy of blessings and proclamations that he's got to pronounce. And he kept running out. He was running out of time, so he's trying to read them off as fast as he can. And it's just, I mean, he's reading all of this stuff off so fast that nobody could even understand it. And he just goes on and on. You know, you just want to stop and say, hey, it's okay. You don't have to do that. God understands you ran out of time. Right? You know, just bless the people and call it a wrap. But what is what is that? A lot of chaff. Just a lot of chaff. I was in another Catholic meeting that same year while I was in Europe. And the priest there was conducting the service. And I was there. He wanted me to minister for him, minister to the people. And um, uh, th- this was funny also. He um he had this youth day that day, something he was going to bless the youth or some kind of youth oriented day where all the young people would come up to the pulpit. They would give some kind of confession of faith or say something that they were thankful to God about. And, uh, and then they would go, they were supposed to go one by one. And, and, you know, of course all the parents came to see their kids and all the parents are dressed up and stuff like that. So uh, he's got all these young people lined up and they're supposed to go up one by one. And the first kid comes up there, the young child comes up there, and, you know, like, the, the microphone's not working at the, at the podium, and the, the nothing's working right, and, the, you know, the first child doesn't even seem interested, and uh, he's not even into it, and honestly, it seemed like a bunch of the other kids were, you know, just like, yeah, you know, who cares? And so the priest, he just, he saw what was going on. But instead of just taking the time and boring the daylights out of everybody and boring the kids to death and, you know, and spending an hour going through this process that nobody, after the second kid and, you know, all the microphone struggles, he just said, he looked at all the kids and he said, all of you, go sit down. And they all sit down. And it just seemed like everybody seemed breathed a sigh of relief. And she said, go sit down. I mean, it was like itinerary or on the schedule who, who cares and see he was a charismatic priest and he said go all, all of you just go sit down and he could, and he stood up and he said we're going to get into the message now and he invited me to come up and minister and then the Holy Spirit began to move see uh, what is that that's knowing when chaff has been removed and you don't have to see those are just things that you learn the Holy Spirit burns off these things and I'm not uh, you know by any means making fun of my friends in the Catholic Church because trust me there's a lot of chaff in Pentecostal churches there is a ton of chaff in seeker sensitive churches evangelical churches as we would call it so we all have our own areas where we can say Jesus immerse me into your Holy Spirit and into the Holy Spirit to your Holy Spirit's fire and burn up chaff Woo, hallelujah and it's quite amazing that as this chaff begins to get burned up you know what things change even your way of thinking changes, and the Holy Spirit will burn with such fire. And sometimes, you know, I've, uh, I've had just people leave my life. And I thought, Holy Spirit, what happened? That person, uh, you know, was uh, kind of connected, and uh, they, just, they just left. Maybe they were there for a couple of years, they just, boom, they just left. What was going on? Well, some of that was just, it was chapped. There were relationships that never really had a spiritual connection in God. Now, there are others that have left, and I believe they're going to come back because they left, they left out of the will of God, and those type of people I'm praying for. But there's been other types of things I knew it was chaff, and I, it's just let it go. Let it go. Why? Because, you know what? I want 
spiritual relationships I want covenant relationships I want to not just be in relationship with people maybe because we like the same food together you know I, I want God connections I want I want there to be purpose in what we do hallelujah but I'm telling you what as chaff begins to get separated from the seed of wheat that beautiful seed of wheat that golden grain that Jesus so much wants to put into his bag it is an amazing, it is an amazing thing. And remember, tares are sin. Chaff can be things that have maybe it's just been around your life. And, you know, in a sense, it's not sin, but it's just stuff that as you get closer to God and the flame of the Spirit burns in your life, it just begins to, it just begins to burn it all up. And maybe you have prayed a certain way and you realize as that fire of the Spirit is burning, you realize, why am I praying like that? I don't know. I don't even like, I'm not even really focusing on what I'm saying. I'm not even paying attention. How do I, why am I praying like that? And you realize, hey, that's just religious tradition. And you learn to just let it go. Well, that's the way our denomination did it, Pastor Stephen. Well, maybe, maybe it was a dead denominational tradition that never should have been birthed in the first place. Maybe it was just somebody's good idea, but it was never a God idea. Now, now we're all doing this, and it's just all in the flesh. Let it go. Let it, let it just fall away. Praise God. You know, I remember Prophet Kenneth Hagin talked about the time that he spent some time with the Lord, just seeking the Lord, shutting himself into the church for many, many hours. And he talked about the time that as he would get way over in the Spirit, just worshiping God and he will get over in the spirit I'm talking you get out of the flesh and prayer just becomes super smooth I refer to it as like skating on super slick smooth ice that's the way it feels for me you're just over in the spirit and you're just praying and praying and having a glorious time where he said he got over in the spirit and as he got over in the spirit the Holy Spirit helped him pull things up out of his spirit and some of these things, he, he didn't even recognize what they were. And uh, he pulled this one thing up. He said it looked like an old leather boot. He, he could tell that the Holy Spirit allowed, it, allowed him to pull it up. And as he pulled it up out of his own spirit, he looked at it, and it looked like a yucky, old, wore-out leather boot, and it had tentacles coming out of it. And he said, ooh. He said, Holy Spirit, what is that? And the Holy Spirit said, that's some of your old religious tradition that you picked up in the former denomination that you used to belong to before, you know, you, you got baptized in me, before he received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So that's some old yucky religious tradition. And he said he knew exactly what to do with it. Take it and throw it away. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. And he said, it was amazing all the things that the Holy Spirit were helping him to bring up, and it was all things that were chaff. And he said he brought up another thing. It looked like an old rusty tin can. And he said, what is, he said, Holy Spirit, what is that? And the Holy Spirit said, that's some of your religious Pentecostal tradition that you picked up in the Pentecostal churches. And he knew that was another thing, just get rid of it. So just, he said by the time he was done, of days and days spending with the Holy Spirit, and that fire touching him. He had things all over the altar that the Holy Spirit had helped him to pull up that was all chaff, that was good for nothing but to be burned up. Mm. And this is ways of thinking. 
This is certain behaviors. Maybe this is actions we do. Maybe it's statements that we make that when we step back and realize it, we realize that's not even, that's not even a biblical statement. Why am I saying that? Hmm. Mm. And you begin to see things through the eyes of God's Word, through the filtering power of the Holy Spirit. So the baptism of fire, it burns, it devours, what? Chaff. It reduces, it purges. Oftentimes there can be subtraction before there is the great addition, even the great multiplication that God wants to bring. He wants to chaff out. You don't need the chaff. Well, Pastor Stephen, I need that. That fluffs me up and makes me look good. Maybe you thought you needed that when you were younger and your ego was based in your works or your ego was based or, or how can I say what held you up and gave you worth was based in something that you know that you could brag about. But then you realize then you realize that really your worth and your value should all be tied to Jesus because these other things they could be taken out they could be removed out of your life and if they're gone are you going to collapse not if you're in the Lord and so that, that that's why the Lord often does this this fire this fire just begins to burn and things go away that need to go away the fire of the Holy Spirit's baptism into his fire it cleanses you and it also brings separation glory to God and those things that are separated you know what they're not they're not adding any value or anything to you at this point they need to go maybe they were okay four years ago maybe that was okay seven years ago but right now that fire is burning and it's just it's just leaving you let it go praise God let it go thank you Jesus again Matthew chapter 3 verse 12 his winnowing fan okay that's that thing he uses to lift up the wheat and throw it into the air so that the wind often a, a representation of the Holy Spirit so that the wind can separate what the the seed of the wheat from the chaff that's around it and when when that last rain comes in the fall season it matures the grain it matures the wheat and now that husk that chaff can become very brittle it can very easy come off so we just want to do a little beating now it's ready to go throw it up the wind hits it and there's separation the chaff is blown away and the beautiful grain falls onto the threshing floor and then it's put into the bag and it's now usable praise God his winnowing fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire the chaff is not sin that's something else God deals with that's tears that's a different subject but the chaff oftentimes there's just chaff that it needs to go you sit around and you realize, why am I doing this for two hours every day? This is not helping me any bit. Well, that's what we've always done, Pastor Stephen. Well, I just, I'm not getting anything out of that anymore. That just absolutely does nothing for me anymore. I think I would like to do something more of a kingdom type thing. Ooh, what's going on? Fire of the Holy Spirit. Now, the winnowing fan in the hands of the Lord. Remember that working of the Spirit is Jesus's 
ability to send the Holy Spirit into your life, if you want Him to, to not only in a place where you are baptized in the Spirit, and you do experience that comfort and joy. Look, I know many of you watching me, you are very well familiar with the baptism in the Holy Spirit, that incredible peace, comfort, soothing comfort, and also the joy that comes with the baptism in the Holy Spirit. But I would encourage you to ask Jesus, if you would so dare, say, Jesus, I know that you are the baptizer in the Holy Spirit, because you've immersed me in your spirit. But Jesus, baptize me, immerse me completely in your spirit's fire, and burn up all chaff. Separate all chaff out of my life, and just burn it up. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If you do that, Jesus will answer that prayer, and that fire will start burning. And when things start shifting, changing, you may wonder what's going on. What's going on? That's Jesus answering your prayer. And He is separating the beautiful wheat seed from the chaff that surround it. You don't need it anymore. Let it go. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I would encourage you, ask Jesus for the fire baptism of the Holy Spirit. Ask Him for that. Glory to God. Glory to God. Ask Him for that. There's an anointing right now. If you do, He'll send the fire. Well, Pastor Shiva, I don't know if I want this. This is a part of maturity. This golden grain. See, the grain, when it's mature and the chaff is gone, now you can eat it. Now, watch this. Now the grain the seed is now can be turned into bread and it can feed multitudes. Wow, it can even be replanted. In other words, you can be replicated because now the Father sees Christ in you, the mature seed, and he's he's like, I've got I've got my child now where I want them. The chaff is gone. Now I can replicate them in the earth. Now I can trust them to do what I want them to do. They're ready now. They're mature now. And I can take them as broken bread, and I can feed them to the multitudes. Now my image is formed in them. Oh, yes, you want the baptism of the Spirit's fire. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lift up your hands. Heavenly Father, I pray for those that are watching today that they would know the baptism in your Spirit in that fresh and in that beautiful and filling way. But Father, that they would also know the flaming fire, the consuming fire of your Holy Spirit to remove the chaff, the husk off of their life in this season of their life that they are in right now. I ask it, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Say, Jesus, baptize me in your Spirit's fire. Immerse me into it. Glory to God. Some, this is what I'm seeing in the Spirit. Some of you, you're walking with crutches, and you think, I need the crutches. The crutch is like, it was never meant to be a permanent part of your life. Maybe it was something that God gave to help you get through a season. So the husk is going to come off the seed, 
and the crutches, you're going to realize you don't need them anymore. Okay? Glory to God. You can lay them down. Let them be, let them be just removed by the Spirit's fire. And other things that you thought you needed. You thought you needed so-and-so's approval. But the fire burns. Then you realize, well, so-and-so doesn't even care about you. That's just all emotional. That's all syrupy stuff out of the soul. If something happened to you, so-and-so wouldn't even wouldn't even pray for you. And you realize you don't need that, that approval that you thought that you so desperately wanted. Somebody's going to be made into that beautiful golden grain. And you're going to be so healed. You're going to be so whole that Jesus can now take you, break you. He'll, let me say it like this. Take you, bake you into bread, ba- uh, break you into pieces, and feed you to the multitudes. Woo! Glory to God. Glory to God. I see that in you. Jesus is going to get that golden grain that he wants. Embrace the fire. Baptism of the Holy Spirit. When the fire burns, sometimes I, I found that sometimes you try to explain something to somebody and they can't, they, can't under, they can't understand you. Even if Jesus stood there with you and you tried to explain it to them, they wouldn't understand you or him. And even if 10,000 angels came and we, we all together tried to gently, lovingly under, uh, explain it, they're not going to understand it. Why are they not understanding it? There's something in that relationship where chaff is being burned up. And there can be a separation. Now, it doesn't mean that that person won't come back. Maybe they will come back later. And that is always a prayer. But sometimes there are some things where they are separated in a sense where it's just timing of God where that was okay for a season, but you need to move on now. You need to move on. There was a time when Lot finally, praise the Lord, finally left Abraham's life. And the moment he left Abraham's life, because Abraham was never supposed to take Lot out of the Ur of the Chaldees in the first place. But after many years, when Lot finally leaves, the moment he leaves, the word of the Lord came so clearly to Abraham, and it unlocked him into the next destiny season of his life. Let the fire burn. It's all for good, praise God. Oh, Pastor Stephen, it's, 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 yes, it's on fire. It's a good fire. It's a good fire. Cleansing, purging, Christ seen in you, golden grain. Oh, the results. You will be able to feed multitudes. Now, Father, we give you praise. We give you praise. Things are changing. Your people are maturing. Father, we have just stepped out of a decade and into a new decade. The old decade, it's over. Things are changing already. Things are changing already, and your people are changing. Father, we give you praise. We embrace the good change. We embrace fire of the Spirit that burns. We bless you. We bless you. In Jesus' name, Father, let your people not see subtraction. Let them see addition and tremendous multiplication that's right on the other side of the consuming of the chaff. We praise you. Thank you, Father. Thank you for Jesus, who is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit, and he is also the baptizer in the Spirit's fire. Thank you, in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. Let's get ready to take Holy Communion. Now, if you're fasting with me, it's okay to take communion. Uh, And also, you know, just these little wafers.
I mean, there's nothing to them. If you, you know, you can get these at Christian bookstores. They're also available online. Those little uh, wafers are very nice. You know, they probably last for 20 years also. Maybe not that long, but, you know, they're just, uh, you, you, you bite them, and it's just like air. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Mm-mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. There are some Christians they love the Lord and they'll they'll go into the baptism of the Holy Spirit but they're not sure about the fire I'm here to tell you today embrace the fire of the Holy Spirit embrace the fire and it is Jesus who is the one who will immerse you into the fire if you want that and I know you do it's going to be good because he's going to take you bake you break you and dispense you to the multitudes of the world Father, thank you for the bread, the juice. Thank you so much for it, Father. Father, let me pause just for a moment and speak to anybody that wouldn't know you. If you are watching this program today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and your sins have separated you from a holy God, and you would like to get your life right with God, please pray this prayer after me. Hallelujah. Say these words after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you as a sinner, and my sins have separated me from you and from your Father. Lord Jesus, I repent and turn from my sins. I ask that you wash me from all of my sins. Wash me clean with your precious blood. Jesus, I give my life to you, and I ask that you would save me now. Save me now. Thank you, Jesus. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Jesus, write my name in your book of life. Thank you for saving me. I believe that you now are my Lord, my Savior, and my Redeemer. And I give you praise. In your name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. If you've prayed that prayer, welcome to the family of God. Please, I invite you. I encourage you. Take Holy Communion with us. Now, all around the world... Let's take Holy Communion. Father, we bless the communion, the bread, and the juice. We set it apart through this prayer. We set this apart as being now holy. It's consecrated unto you. And although we still see bread and we still see juice, we know that this is now the body and the blood of our Savior. So, Father, we give you praise. As we receive the Lord's body, we embrace, Father, Jesus as our baptizer into the Holy Spirit and into the flaming fires of the Holy Spirit. Oh God, we give, you, we give you praise. We thank you that you have on your mind today, golden grain, golden grain, beautiful wheat, beautiful seeds of wheat in the, in the bag that now can be sent and baked and made into a beautiful harvest. Oh God, we thank you that you're going to feed so many people through the end time church expressing the beautiful image of Christ, the mature image of Christ. As we receive the body of Jesus, Father, may what's on your mind be on our minds. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. As you're receiving and eating the body of, of Christ, I hear the Holy Spirit saying these words, embrace the change. It's for your good. You will smile. You will laugh in the end. Embrace the change. 
there are many new relationships on the horizon for you. I'm not saying all the old ones are going to go away. You'll still have many sacred, precious relationships that will last until Christ comes to take you home with Him. But my friends, there's new ones on the way that are covenant relationships as well. Be looking for those. Praise God. Praise God. Embrace the change of the Spirit wrought by the fires of God. Father, we thank You for the blood of Christ and its sin-cleansing power. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you. We repent and turn from all sin. And I ask, oh God, that you would forgive your people of all sin, that your blood now would wash all of their sins away as they freely confess their sins to you. We thank you for sin cleansing power, also removing all condemnation and shame. We give you praise, Father. We thank you for the blood of Jesus, which washes away all of our sins and cleanses us from all sin and all unrighteousness. We give you praise in the name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. Let's receive together. Hallelujah. Glory to God. For my online church members, ministry partners, friends of the ministry, me, my wife, our entire ministry team, we're lifting you up in prayer during this fast. If you have any particular prayer needs, please email them to us at contact at stephenbrooks.org. Glory to God. Yes, we are praying for you, fervently praying for you, and we love you very much. Hallelujah. Pastor Stephen, I feel on fire. What's going on? Jesus is answering your prayer. Now remember, the baptism of the Spirit into His fire doesn't mean, in a sense, you feel on fire like, oh, I feel like shouting. That's that's not usually what it is. The fire is like, you know, I, I don't have any desire to do that anymore. The fire is, I don't know why, but that just, you know, I, 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 I'm letting that go. It's time to let that go. And you find yourself moving closer to God, and you find just chaff being removed. And sometimes it happens without what we would call fireworks, but it's still burning still burning and other times it could almost be like moments of like reflection you're like hmm that was there for quite some time but there it goes and it's gone and you realize the whole time it was there now now you see it as something that wasn't even really of God it was something that was just soulish but you don't need it anymore the crutch falls away and uh, the Lord's strength now supports you and you walk on with him Maybe you did need that for a time, but the fire now has burned it up. Praise God. Welcome and embrace the fire of the Holy Spirit, but recognize what it is. It's not always exuberant activity. We need to have more zeal. That's not always the fire. And oftentimes it's, you know, maybe 90% of the times that's not what it is. Mm. So look for it. Let the Holy Spirit give you eyes. Let the Lord give you eyes to know when that flame is burning. And it's going to be burning. It's going to be burning. Father, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Bless your people. Father, in the name of Jesus, amen. And amen. All right, my friends, be blessed. Stay in the flaming fires of the Spirit. And stay in the joy of the Lord as well. And I look forward to seeing you back next time. God bless you. Bye-bye.